With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. I am your host, Brandon, and on the other line, your other host, and your favorite snake-bitten FPL manager, Josh. <laughs> hey, Brandon. How you doing? So, have you got to the point where you just need me to come over there and, and suck the poison out of whatever <laughs> snake bite it has, that you have on your body? I am truly, yeah, it's a lot of snake bites at this point. It's like, a, it's a full, it's like... It's like I have an allergy to snakes, as my body is so riddled with with snake bite scars. Um, I don't really know that analogy worked, but you, you get where I'm going. I do get where you're going. Yeah, I mean, this week was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, I feel like it's it's just a gut check uh, lately on always cheating for Josh's team. Um, but again, you did finish above above the week average of 51 points. You had 56 points on the week. Uh, I did. Yeah. It's not like it's a, I'm not like, it's not like I'm like a three millionth place or anything, but you know, it's, it's pretty tough, you know, and, and the always cheating league is pretty competitive too. So I've been kind of sinking like a stone in that one the last few weeks. Yeah. I've got a red arrow in hail cheaters as well. I'm now at a 146th place in our <laughs> mini league. Let's see. You're at, you're at three deuces, 222. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rough. Uh, so you know what? I'm okay with it, though. You know, sometimes you're going to get – somehow I got a, a total of two points out of 23 million pounds of midfielder. <laughs> and uh, that you wouldn't want that kind of return if you went to a butcher, right? If you went 
You said give me 23 million pounds of that. You'd want a little more than two points, I think. No, the butcher basically gave you a bag of bones to take home to your <laughs> mutt that lives in the backyard. That's pretty much true. I mean, as far as I can tell, Eden Hazard just didn't want to play anymore. I mean, it was like that Leicester game. I was kind of pumped out about it because you had a, I had a, you had a, I had a three, you had a three point lead on me going into the final game week, yep. or the final match of the game week, and uh, it was you know, Chelsea Leicester t- yesterday. And you know the problem with these games too, as an American, is that you know they start at three o'clock. So if things don't go well, you can't really start drinking yet. You know, you're still like no. you're, you're at work. Like you have to turn to the Excel spreadsheet that you're meant to be working on. Actually, yeah, exactly. To turn to reality. Yeah, you know, Brent and I have talked before about how both of us have different methods for trying to keep up with the game while we're at work. And you know, like we're both like thirty something adults. It's not like we're like twenty one year old assistants who could just like screw off and like you know like just like yeah. just straight up watch the we're, game. We're men of great power. There are there are things <laughs> that are expected of us. Uh, so yeah, you have to at least do a little bit of both. But you know, when when Eden Hazard limped off in the thirtieth minute, from like basically just not like he was just like screw it. Like if Jamie already hit him, knock him down. He just kind of like was like I don't I don't. I'm, so I'm he basically not, all but like took the ball and went home. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that have been fantastic if the ball they were actually playing with had Hazard's name written on it and a big black marker? And he's like, that's mine. I'm taking it and I'm going. See what was it? So once this happened, I thought, well, this is you know, there's no way that I can I can win now. And I was like, I'm not even going to watch this match. And of course, Vardy, the Robert, man who Robert, Hoot, Robert Hoot could have got a red card. Right. So well, okay. So I'll I'll get there. So okay, um, yeah. so the second entry limps off. I stop watching. Like a minute later, beautiful pass from from Mars to Vardy, and uh, and I'm like, all right, well, whatever. And then uh, and then it yeah, became, so, like, almost a pure watch for you at that point. Yeah, it did. And that, you know, that's really catching on, by the way. I saw a lot of Pure Watch posts on Twitter. It's a thing. It's mm-hmm. a thing. We should get an actual sponsor as opposed to the pretend well, Pure yeah, sponsor. As, yeah, and as we mentioned on Twitter, the actual Pure Watch sponsor for this uh, Leicester-Chelsea game were the 16th and 17th century Reformed Protestants, the Puritans. <laughs> yep. Uh, that was, so it was, it was still a pure watch. It was, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's something even from a, if you can, if you can take the fantasy out of the equation, it, it, you know, rooting for this, this lesser team is very easy to do, uh, especially against this, this God awful Chelsea team right now. Um, so he limps off and yeah. And then, and then who gets a yellow card and I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, an own goal, an own goal, we would have tied a red card and I would have won by one point, assuming, <laughs> assuming that Chelsea scored at least a goal, which they did later on. I tell uh, you what, it didn't I, work I, out that way. I have had Robert Huth now for somehow he's managed to escape the chopping block for all 16 weeks of the season. And I tell you, it's been a weird, weird ride with Robert Huth. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been fun at times. It's been yeah, um, he picked up a couple a couple clean sheets, right? Uh, one at Newcastle, one away to Swansea. I think I've got three clean sheets total, um, one bonus point <laughs> over the entire course. But now he's picked up uh, a ban for accumulation of yellow cards. Um, but I think, we'll, and we'll talk about our uh, transfers for Week 17 later on in the pod. But I think Robert Huth might even escape again in favor wow. of uh, George R. Russell Martin this week. Wow, that is that is impressive, and that's strictly yeah. a value proposition because with George R. Russell Martin, I could sell him for more than I can sell uh, Mister Hooth at this point. Yeah, it's really it's just no fun to have these these center backs on bad teams, is it? No, I mean at least you know at least if you've got the if you've got the fullbacks, there's a chance that they could pick up an assist. You know, I mean you 
you've actually you've seen this with, with, with some of the Leicester defenders and with some of the Bournemouth defenders, but those big center backs, I mean, they're just like they're, there's nothing, you know. Like, well, it was maybe touted. you'll get a goal every now, like every you know, fifteen weeks. Yeah, it's true, but it was a touted stat at the end of last season when Leicester went on their miracle run to uh, to escape relegation. Robert Huth, among all the defenders, had the most chances in the box. And yeah. I expected him to have at least one goal by now. Well, Huth and uh, you know, Wes Morgan, you know, captain of the team, uh, mm-hmm. Wes Morgan scored tons of points in the second half of last season. And that's, you know, I ended up having him for the first 10 or so weeks of this season until I finally, uh, I finally had to get rid of him to bring in Jamie Vardy after. I'm so glad I brought him in, by the way. Let's, let's just talk about Jamie Vardy for a minute because it's a lot of fun to have this guy. Oh, gotta man. Say. Yes, yes. There is a reason why he's associated with Party. Because you know. it truly is a blast. And so you – okay, so on the last podcast, you were, were seriously debating dropping Jamie Vardy to bring in Harry Kane because you were so concerned about Harry Kane's point haul. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. now, given how things turned out, are you – do you feel like you made the right decision? <laughs> well – Jamie Vardy. I don't think I feel anything. It's right there on the on the screen I'm looking at right now. I obviously – You haven't made- felt anything in a long time, to be fair. <laughs> No, I, I obviously made the right decision, and it all came down to Sergio Aguero. Mm-hmm. And the thought, okay, so the plan going into week 16 was I was going to stick it out with Aguero. Yep. Which I did. Impressively. Very impressive. Restraint. <laughs> I had the money to turn Vardy into Kane, and that was a concern. But it just, in the end, felt wrong to trade Jamie Vardy in. He's... Uh, out of 16 weeks this season, there's been only one week where he's failed to produce a goal or an assist. Yeah. So this is something that we talked about a little bit before the podcast started. But my my frustration, and maybe some of the listeners are sharing this, is that it is a very so, – okay, so I, I, have, I have two problems uh, this year. Uh, the first one is a problem that, that came up a couple of years ago, or maybe I guess it was two years ago. During the famous uh, Luis Suarez, Aaron Ramsey, Yaya Torre year, where mm-hmm. they basically had attacking points every single week. And all you had to do was captain one of those three players every single week, and you were going to basically stay in the spot you were in. With some variation. Right, right. But it was a template season. It was, yeah, and, and, like, I, and I don't want to be too like derogatory about templates. I mean... You know, often they're, they're templates for a reason, and you're, you'd be fooled not to have Jamie Vardy or or any of those three players. You know, a couple of seasons ago. But as somebody who is, so, so the problem is a that I want to that I want to catch up. You know, that I want to I want to make up ground. I want to I want to I want to still you know, despite how far back I am in our mini league and elsewhere, I want to keep pushing for you know the best possible finish I can have. But the problem is, I am also a very impatient person, and so I don't want to catch up having all the players everybody else has, and then making up the difference with like a like slightly more creative third defender or something like that. Right, because the template situation definitely benefits you if you're on the front foot, because then you you apply the template and then you can tinker around the edges. But right. of course, the tinkering around the edges will only better your. Well, typically would probably better your team by like five, ten points. Not wild yeah. swings. But then, exactly. if you're on the back foot, you need the wild swings to catch up. Therefore, you have to break the template to try and find that blockbuster. That who would be in the template were they a blockbuster? Exactly, and this is something I've talked about before, which is that when you're trying to catch up, it 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 ultimately doesn't come down to how well you play. 
I mean, you, obviously you need to be making the right decisions and you have to have, you know, some gambles work out and, and you have to, and, but you also have to have a, a balanced team, you know, a team full of players who are on form and performing well. But you also need players, like you need top performing, highly owned players to not perform well. It can't just be about how well you're performing. You need some of the top players to not perform. Right. Because those players will get are often getting captained and you need them to have you need like the occasional one pointer or you know, like an own goal or like a red card, just something you need something to happen. Or even just a even just a total blank. You know, a total blank on a week when you get when your captain gets a goal and three bonus points can be an eighteen point swing, you know, a sixteen point swing, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um so say for example, I captain Lukaku this week and you captain Kane. You know, right. Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically, yeah. And that was, you know, and ultimately I picked up, you know, four points from Kane. You picked up 18 from Lukaku. Um, and, but that, you know, so should, that should have, uh, for the record, been like 500 points from yeah, Lukaku it, for the it, number it of goals you missed. Exactly. But that, that gave you ultimately a seven point lead over mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was enough for you to win our head to head this week. Yeah. And just to get back to the Kane thing real quick, I I decided to get a little clever, and I brought in Christian Erickson, who I'd been touting on the Always Cheating podcast for a few weeks. And uh-huh. I felt between Deli Ali and Christian Erickson, I could hopefully, through uh, possible assists or their own goals, cover your Kane captaincy. Yeah. The funny thing is, I don't know if you were, I guess you were watching that match, I mean, Eric the, the, Lamella. The Spurs Newcastle yeah, match. There's a beautiful flick on from Harry Kane to Eric Lamella. Yeah, and he didn't finish. And uh, granted, the keeper made a good save. Uh, Rob Elliott. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rob Elliott's punch out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, had a, uh, he had a terrific game. So, so great flick from Kane to Lamella. Yeah. Almost scores. That would have been, you know, three points doubled. Instead, goes out for a corner, and I knew you picked up Erickson. Boom! Like <laughs> corner into uh, Eric Dyer, and yeah. Uh, yeah, huge swing. It was. I mean, it, the the margins were so fine this game week, like, and it was yeah. a week for me where I didn't have a particularly good game week on fifty nine points, but I picked the right captain with Lukaku, right, and your your heavy hitters, you know, arguably with Hazard. Um, well, my but differentials, right? Your differentials. Harry, Harry Kane yeah. as a captain and Hazard, they and, and De Bruyne, and one point from De Bruyne. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I should have lost to you this week. I easily should have lost to you, but that's that's just the way it goes. Yep, exactly. The fates yeah. have other ideas. <laughs> Apparently so. Speaking of fates, um, uh, a lot of our fates are on the line in this heavy run of Christmas fixtures coming up. And we just wanted to give all of our listeners out there, all you cheaters, a heads up that in next week's podcast, um, after we finish game week 17, we're going to be doing a special preview strategy guide uh, heading into Boxing Day and all the surrounding fixtures. So, yeah, keep your eyes up for that because I know people are probably starting to think about it. I know personally I'm starting to think about it a little bit. And um, I feel like there's just lots of uh, – well, I guess we'll try to talk about uh, our approaches over the last – you know, like what, what we think the best approach is. I, I, I wonder if we have slightly different ideas about this. I think we do. And um, and then maybe some players to target because, um, you know, what I want to do uh, before we have this podcast, Brandon, is look back at the last couple of years – and see which players on some of these teams uh, tended to play in all of the Christmas fixtures. Yeah, because, like, like Eden Dzeko? 
Yeah, like 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 Jekko. Yeah, who surely did not, right? Did Jekko play out? No. I remember. I think this was two Christmases ago. Um, whatever. There was some season where QPR was in the league and they were playing Man City. Aguero was injured, and I brought in on a free Jekko and captain in that game week, and I ended up getting the best point total in our private league. Uh huh. And that was. This is amazing, right? Because you, you, and again, you and I live in New York City, right? Uh huh. Like we have, like there are like amazing museums we could be going to. <laughs> yes, my, I'm aware. All, all, all of my brain space is consumed with with Eden Hazard captain choices from from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's there's much to consider, and I mean, going back to the whole template conversation, and this is something we can touch upon in our strategy guide is sometimes the templates just totally go out the window, even in the best of seasons during the holiday fixture list, given all of the team rotation that happens. Yeah, are you? I assume you saw today that there's some some talk of uh, Ozil possibly being arrested over the over the holidays. I I would not be shocked at all if he were. I mean, he's he's in danger of becoming jaded, and I know he's the guy who always yeah. walks that that razor's edge of. I, yeah, and I actually I don't know if it's Mezet or if it's his younger brother Todd Ozil who plays for uh, Bournemouth. Mm. So we'll we'll look into that. We'll we'll double check. Todd Ozil often overlooked fantasy asset. But very, you know, someone to look at for the Christmas fixtures. <laughs> and then uh, we also want to point out, we waited until, what, like the 50, 55th minute of last week's episode to um, put out a, a very modest call to our cheaters out there to help us boost the, the likes and the visibility of our Always Cheating Facebook page. Lo and behold, you guys um, are rock stars and good friends of the pod, and you all went and liked our Facebook page. Not all of you. Some of you. <laughs> Enough. It, it felt good. And it made me realize that we should actually put some content on there. Uh, it's sort of like a, it's like a one feeds the other sort of thing where you don't want to put any content. You, you don't want to put any content on a page because no one's visiting it, but no one visits the page because there's no content on it. Right. So we, we put a little call out on Facebook just asking people um, what, what their thoughts are and what, what we could have in the Facebook page that might be interesting. I mean, I, I don't want to like get too overblown and call it like a – you know, like a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not that we're, we're not necessarily in the community building game, but just like if you wanted a place to go to to either talk about matches during the game week or, um, you know, talk about, um, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't necessarily be fantasy. Well, we could be, we could you know, we could talk about your uh, newfound love of Photoshop because <laughs> some of the content we now have on the Facebook page are um, your Photoshop of the Captain Ron movie poster <laughs> that is now yeah. has Romelu Lukaku's head on Kurt Russell's body as Captain Rom. I mean, even if that page was just a place to put bad jokes, I would be totally happy about that. I would love to have a soccer page that had lots of bad jokes, <laughs> user submitted or otherwise. Basically, a visible manifestation of what this podcast is—just the power <laughs> yes. of bad jokes being exactly, made. exactly. <laughs> so you can find us at Facebook.com/slash Always Cheating, and we'd love to hear from you. Speaking of uh, cheaters out there who are listening, let's touch upon the Hail Cheaters Mini League real quick. Um, how are the standings shaping up after game week 16, Josh? All right. So uh, in first place, holding firm in first is uh, Sushant Karg uh, with uh, 69 points on the game week. Now, someone pointed out on Twitter, they were like, they're very excited to crack the top 100 of the Always Cheaters League or the Hail Cheaters Mini League. And then they realized that Sushant actually has three teams in the top 100. <laughs> so I'm not saying that 
I'm not going to tell Sushant to 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 remove any of his other teams. Well, you know, we didn't have a, we didn't have a one team. No, he found he found a yeah. legitimate loophole in the very tight legalese of the <laughs> Hail Cheaters Mini League system. Yeah, he may not win those those tickets now. You know, if he finishes first in the world or whatever. Right. But we we certainly have no loopholes in our league. Um, I think he's actually the only person that has multiple teams in our league. Yeah. Um, I suppose if anybody wants to do it, they're welcome to. Uh, I only have one team in there, as do you. Um, so I think it's just kind of an outlier, but you know, Sushant, he, he's experimenting, you know, and I, mean, I, have tw- to, I have to actually tip my hat to Sushant. I mean, as we've noted, Hail Cheaters is a practice, a very competitive league. And the <laughs> fact that he's been able to get not one, not two, but three teams up there on the first page. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'm burying the lead here. Really? It should be all about Sushant yeah. placing three teams in the top 100. Yeah. He's, he's shaming all of us. <laughs> And our, my complaint to Zushan is stop shaming us. Uh, okay, so in second place we've got uh, – oh, I see he changed he, – he shortened his name, which actually is a slightly easier way to read that, yeah. which is uh, Triple Captain Hazard, Game Week 1, Bill C. And we've got uh, Isle of Nabumbu in third, uh, Ix Trees Down in fourth. Colin Bothwell slipping just a little bit, you know, holding firm in fourth, but – you know, he was he was the runaway guy for a while, so he was. better keep an eye on, on poor Colin. You know, but he's still he's still in in within striking distance. And then we've got a new team in the top five, which is Vincent Pease, Macaulay Maybe. <laughs> That's gotta be a call me maybe reference, right? The Carly Ray Jepsen song? I think it's a Macaulay Culkin reference, actually. A Macaulay Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. Uh, the, and the special shout out goes to Conrad Poole of the Vardy Boys. Yeah, I feel like, and we've talked about Connie Poole on this uh, on this podcast before, if I'm did not we mistaken. Rate my team for him, maybe. Maybe we did. Uh, maybe we did. So ninety one points for for Conrad Poole, and probably he, all because of our team advice. He it was really about the defense for him because uh, he had um, uh, Nyam Butland. Butland is like my one performer every every week. Uh, it's like Schmeichel doesn't even count anymore. It's just all Butland. I think like Schmeichel at this point could be home to Aston Villa or something, and uh, I think I would still captain um, Butland no matter where no matter where he was. He's nearly essential at this point, Jack. Butland. Yeah, he f- kind of feels like it. You know, it's so yeah, he's still so cheap too. I think he just he just crossed the five million mark. Yeah. Um, and then we got Walshide, Yam, Bellerin. Uh, and then he has, uh, you know, Mara's Vardy, um, Agalo, Captain Lukaku. Um, and, yeah, he picked up 91 points, even with uh, with De Bruyne and Barkley on his team. Um, so that was good for— uh, And he's got Eric Dyer on the bench, which he wouldn't even feel bad about because in his defense, Bellerin, Yam, Wolscheid, between the three of them, all got clean sheets. Yep, yep. So, so incredible. Well done. Keep it up, Conrad. Keep it up. <laughs> So how did game week 16 actually shape up for us? We picked out a few key fixtures for us to review and to uh, talk through our feelings. And we're going to start with the one with the most feels, Leicester, Chelsea. And Leicester <laughs> remains top of the league, uh, beating Chelsea 2-1. to one. Uh, So we had a question on Twitter from uh, Dave from Burnley who asked, uh, can Agali, can Agallo and Vardy be called fixture proof, or is it still to be determined? And um, I would say that after this match, if there was any doubt, and I'm, I'll, I'll extend this to say Vardy, Agallo, and Mares, if there was any doubt about the Leicester players, uh, I think I think this match really erased it because um, 
they're just so lightning quick. You know, there's really there's no reason why they couldn't like that that first goal they scored. There's no reason why they couldn't score that goal against any team. Yeah, and then you you compare that to the solo effort by Mares that started the second half there, which was just like a spectacular individual effort. It was incredible. I I really don't understand Kurt Zuma. I I, I, it doesn't seem like he's very good. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have a brain. I was really like touting Zuma a couple weeks ago too. I was like the I was the number one Zuma supporter. <laughs> I was I was before the Chelsea Bournemouth match. I was really I, I don't know why, but I had a, I was feeling a lot of optimism about Chelsea. I think he was one of the defenders that felt nailed on, and he also had some offensive power. But it's I mean I mean he was standing stock still on that first Mares to Vardy goal. <laughs> it was absolutely crushed by Jamie Vardy on that run. Yeah, it, I mean, Chelsea is just, they fully imploded at this point. Okay, so on the dumpster fire scale, uh, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, we go from, you know, uh, garbage garbage fire to tire fire to dumpster <laughs> fire. Uh-huh. I had compared Aston Villa to just a lit fart. <laughs> I am prepared now to upgrade Chelsea to just pure oxygen. They wow. are just an element that fuels fire. They're not even a part of the of the of the trash in the dumpster or anything. They're just this element that's feeding this disgusting flame. Okay, so Brandon, I I put out a it's call. It's an elemental sort of disaster that's happening. I can't disagree with any of it, I, and I am completely off the Chelsea train at this point. I, I held out hope. So the, the the issue for me now with with Hazard is that. Um, I am planning to transfer him out this week because I just I can't I can't deal anymore. Yeah. Uh, and even even home to Sunderland, I just I just I mean, who knows if he'll even start, right? He might not be healthy enough. Yeah, uh, I think it's a good point to just chalk it up as a failed experiment. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's 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 how I feel too. And it's it's just a, the only thing that would that would might keep Hazard on my team is if Mourinho is fired before Saturday's fixture. I can't believe he hasn't been fired yet, right? I mean, it's it's kind of shocking. Yeah, I did and, not think that Gary Monk would get fired before Jose Mourinho. <laughs> well, if our uh, if our third season poll was any indication, I voted for Gary Monk. Uh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, I, I would, I have, I have no feelings one way or the other about Jose Mourinho. I would have rather he, he gone. I would have rather he, he gone. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gary Monk is like if you on the likability scale, Gary Monk ranks so much higher than Mourinho. I yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the only thing that was that, I, that the only the only upside of Gary Monk being fired was there were an incredible. Posts on Twitter about all of the Gary Monk lookalikes. I don't know what it is about his. I guess just that he's he's a redhead, and it just lends itself to posting photos of every other redhead in the world. Sure, uh, but there were some incredible memes that that came out after after that. Maybe maybe we'll put those up on the Facebook page. Some of the best uh, post Monk firing memes. I didn't follow any of that. I'm I'm curious to see. I know um, I know uh, who's the actor who was in Band of Brothers. Off Damian Lewis is often compared to Gary Monk. Right. There's also the guy from um, uh, A Knight's Tale. Did you ever see A Knight's Tale? Uh, is that like with um, the Joker? <laughs> with, Heath, with, Heath Ledger? with Heath Ledger, yeah. Okay. Wait, so Heath Ledger apparently looks like Gary Monk? No, it's like one of the supporting actors. <laughs> uh, we, uh, di- we digress. 
Not Mark Addy, the other one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so anyway, I put the call out on Twitter and I said, do you have any questions for this game week? And I, um, I also mentioned that, um, you know, feel free to very, very generously. I might, I might add, uh, feel free to, um, to troll Josh as much as you want about, uh, <laughs> about picking up Pizard. So, uh, here are some responses that I got. Okay. All right. So here we go. First. Okay. First one is, uh, uh, Tim Shaw from, from the soccer captain says, uh, tempting, to make fun of me, but someone who is masochistic enough to pick up a Chelsea player is secretly looking for it. Oh, wow. That's kind of twisted. It is twisted. <laughs> uh, and then someone, uh, I feel a little bad about this one, Luke, Luke Funberg, who had a question that we answered on the podcast last week, which said, you know, I'm thinking about just cutting bait with Hazard and bringing in Aaron Ramsey for his fixture away to Aston Villa. And we said, no, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> hold you know, hold on. Uh, you know the fixtures are too good for Hazard uh, to uh, to resist. So he says, uh, says so about that Ramsey for Hazard move I asked about. It's clearly more art than science, eh? Thanks for discussing. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Uh, you, Ramsey, um, that bandwagon came out of nowhere, um, and he yeah. he delivered fully. Uh, he he did. did. See, so here's here's the thing. I mean, ultimately. It's you know it's fun to talk about this stuff and we try to give the best advice we can, but we like really don't know much more than anybody else. You know, even even you look at like someone like Ben Dennery who gets like totally like spit on anytime he like says someone's healthy who isn't or whatever. Right? It's like yeah. nobody really knows. I mean, it's like you're like reading tea leaves and and you know I mean Eden Hazard if you played the full ninety definitely could have scored in that match. He looked really good before he got injured. Um, and you know, Aaron I Ramsey it was a dead cert that he was going to get at least an assist. Um, I, if he I, stayed on the pitch in that game, I thought so too. And he looked very influential before he went down. Um, but also we didn't really know what we're talking about a lot of the time, you know, I mean, we're sort of, we're sort of talking, we're talking things through and we're trying to reach mm-hmm. what seems like the best decision, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, oftentimes based on eye test to be clear. Based, sometimes based on eye test, sometimes based on playing the game for many years, sometimes based on, you know, underlying stats that, that seem to be relevant yeah, to what stats, we're discussing. Stats, stats which, contrary to popular belief, don't actually bear out week upon week upon week. I'm starting to feel it's like a the, funny old game, as they say. I'm, yeah, I'm starting to feel like the expression underlying stats is basically something that you use to like retroactively justify like making the wrong captain choice. Or, uh-huh. or bring it up. I feel like no one's ever like, oh, I had a great week because I used the underlying stats. It's always like my week was complete crap, and I don't know why I paid attention to the underlying stats. I mean, like I know we all talk about the famous, like the famous Tadich moment, and you know, game week eight of last season. Yes, there's like there's like two of those moments ever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for Tadich. <laughs> I just in general, you know, it's like just stick with the form players, you know, yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like the, the Kane thing for me, catching him this week was a was a total was a total brain over heart decision, because obviously Norwich away for Romulo Lukaku, who's in a great scoring run, was the uh, he was the clear captain choice. Yep. And I just thought, oh, well, Kane, I mean, he, this is this is his moment. You know, the stats all bear it out. He, you know, he's going to be the top performer. There was an interesting thing that happened at the fantasy football scout at the fantasy football scout site where their captaincy poll was heavily favoring Kane for like almost the entire week and then on Friday Lukaku just overtook I don't know if there was some like uh surge of toffees uh, yeah a big toffee contingent went there to sway the vote or some sort of uh comet made of toffee flew over the planet and (laughs) 
so uh, another another thing that uh, speaking of Hazard, another thing that uh, El, El Magico says. Uh, since Cesar was faking his injury, I mean, he's kind of half joking here, but so since Cesar was faking his injury, will Mourinho make him train with the reserve team, bench him, or trade him in January? And I think the answer to that is uh, Mourinho will not be around to do any of those things. Yeah, I at this point I can't see Mourinho being chosen over Hazard. Hazard is is Chelsea's most valuable asset, bar none. Right. I'm a little so I don't know if you've seen the news that uh, Marcel Bielsa is in talks with Swansea. Uh, but I don't know why. I mean, if if, if they I, I, Chelsea must not be looking to make it. I mean, obviously they haven't fired him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that seems like you know someone like someone of Marcel Bielsa's quality who is available would be kind of a great half season hire. You know, you bring him in for the second half of the season. Uh, maybe you go on a little bit of a run. He's a great turn artist, yeah. uh, sort of famously. And um, and then in the off season, you like go all in on Pep Guardiola. You know, like it's it's definitely possible. Here's a longer term question. Say. Abramovich decides to stick with Mourinho, and Mourinho manages to get Chelsea up to, say, like, seventh place. Sixth place. Sixth place this season. Does Mourinho get to keep his job over the summer, or is he gone? Because at this point, the damage is irreparable for his um, reputation at Chelsea. Yeah, I think if... Yeah, I think he would keep his job because if if it didn't matter, then they would just fire him already anyway, mm-hmm. right? Because there's no way they're getting relegated. I really don't. I, can you honestly say that this team is going to get relegated? I know, like they're they're down there now, and but there's no way. No, right? yeah, I mean, it won't happen. Yeah, they're but, not finishing even then the bottom half of the table. I would yeah. imagine. So we're we're getting like off fantasy track here, sure. but isn't, yeah. Uh, yeah. isn't Abramovich's whole thing is he brought Mourinho in for stability? He got sick of you know firing Vilish Boas and uh, yeah, getting, new, getting, new manager every season. Yeah, so maybe he just wants to get this season has to be written off at this point. Yeah, so it's done. There's there's no waking from this terrible dream until the summer. Yeah, so maybe 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 you are right. I mean, who I, I guess if the right man, I mean, obviously if the right manager were available right now, they might have. I, I don't think that Jurgen Klopp is the right fit for that club. No. Uh, but if if Pep or maybe there aren't that many world class managers, it's not like it's easy to just find an e- a simple. I mean, you can see this with Real Madrid right now, right? I mean, they fired uh, Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, who uh, actually won the double while he was at Chelsea, and, and they bring in Rafa Benitez as a like significantly worse manager, mm-hmm. um, and that but that's the Real Madrid style, right? No manager stays there for more than two years or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, in the case of um, Chelsea, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, I think if they had a better option, they would have fired um, Mourinho already. But like hey, you said, that's I, a little, that's a little off topic. I'm a Fulham fan, so I know all about this managerial crisis. Uh, Gary Monk is actually was rumored to be linked with Fulham coming right off of the Swansea job. So, okay, so one, one last thing about Hazard. Um, Chris Morin on Facebook asked, uh, Hazard, Hazard owner here, Arg, I hear you. I hear you, Chris. Uh, worth, Chris. Worth shipping him despite his nice fixtures, thinking Ramsey's a great replacement, or Sanchez if he is confirmed fit this week. Uh, I think definitely too early on Sanchez. Ramsey is interesting. I mean, I, I, I would be disinclined to bring in a player who was about to play Man City at home. I know that Man City uh, have been conceding goals, but I, I feel like that's going to be like a pretty touchy affair. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That That is going to be a little tighter. And, I mean, nil-nil draw seems almost more likely than any any other result there. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, that's a Monday fixture, is it not? Yep, that is Monday, the 21st. That, that may be an invented doctor's appointment kind of fixture right there. <laughs> <clears throat> so close to Christmas. Is that your last day before you leave for Christmas break? It is. The 21st is my last. Well, we fly out on the, on the 22nd. So it remains okay. to be seen whether I'm in the office on the 22nd. Okay, but you're probably like, yeah, there's no leaving. Things, things are going to be a little lax on that day for sure. So, <laughs> yeah, G-chat me. We'll be in touch. We'll see if we can make something happen. All right, that sounds good. So we, we've talked more philosophically about uh, Chelsea here, and we've um, talked about who to dump Hazard for, probably an Arsenal midfielder. Yeah, I think uh, Philip Coutinho is an interesting option too. Uh, the fixtures uh, for, for uh, Liverpool are pretty good the next few weeks. Uh He's back and he's healthy. He didn't score in that match, but he looked pretty dangerous. I think he um uh the West Brom match. I, I felt like he could have he could have scored. I mean he had a lot of shots. I, I think he's getting back into form. You know, mm-hmm. he took a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Um and so that at least it seems like his confidence is still there. Yeah. Um but they're away to Watford, which is not a terrible fixture, and then they're home to Leicester and away to Sunderland uh, in the next three weeks. So um I think that might be an interesting choice. That's certainly where I'm 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 thinking about maybe Ramsey or Coutinho this game week. Hey, and I finally picked him up, Christian Eriksen. If you're looking for a rather uninspired five point haul, uh, he's <laughs> worth a look. That's kind of his specialty, isn't it? <laughs> he, now he, he put a lot of shots off of the uh, the lower legs of the opposing <laughs> team's defense. I guess if I were going for uh, like a real differential punt, then Andre Ayo on Swansea would actually be kind of an interesting option. What? Because well, you're, they're bringing they're bringing in the new manager this week. Um, I think they're going to be rejuvenated. They're playing a West Ham team that is in shambles right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, okay. that could be interesting. That's interesting. I would. I was almost tempted to respond to that. Like you're just getting off of the Hazard train, which was a disaster, <laughs> and you're then going to jump onto somebody in Swansea. <laughs> but it is true that IU has proven himself uh, numerous times already this season. Yeah. So it's it's a possibility. It is a possibility. So uh, one other question, uh, which is that Mares has eight double-figure scores in 16 games. Should I consider leaving the armband in him all season? Hashtag FPL gold. You know, you could do worse, right? If you just captain Mares the rest of the season, you'd probably be okay. We should get a calculator out and just go back and and see what your point total would be on Mares if you captain him this entire yeah. season. So let's table that for uh, for our end of season roundup, and we'll discuss yeah. it then. I mean, it's not a terrible idea. Um, it is not a terrible idea. I just look at guys like Romelu Lukaku. You have to be conscious of of other gold that's out there. That you know, if Mares is up against say, Man City on a really good day, but then you've got Lukaku away to Norwich. Yeah, you're going to shift that armband around a little bit. Yep, I, I agree. So we can agree that we're done with Chelsea completely and entirely at this point, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and and if you had a Chelsea player, I think that uh, Coutinho is where I'd be looking. I know a lot of us held off the last few weeks because of the injury, and it looks like he's back and healthy. And I think he'll play the majority of those Christmas fixtures. Um, I mean, they might, they, might, they might rest him a little bit, but that's true of any of the top players. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a chance to watch any because we were watching Spurs Newcastle. I didn't have an opportunity to watch any of the Liverpool West Brom game to say how he how Coutinho looked there. Yeah, and I'd say Aaron Ramsey's just as much of a. I, I you know I thought I just thought I I didn't watch the whole Liverpool match either, but it, it certainly every time I watched it seemed like he was the one leading the attack and and hitting shots right at the goalkeeper. Right. 
but, you know, at least he did look kind of dangerous. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Okay, one game that we actually watched together this weekend, Bournemouth, uh, Man United, Bournemouth winning 2-1. to one, And I lost my David De Gea clean sheet in less than three minutes on a Olympico of all things. <laughs> uh, yeah, you... Um I'm trying to remember. I feel like you handled it pretty well, but we had been drinking for about six hours by then. <laughs> so everything was a little. We were we were with our with our friend um, Steven. our friend Stephen, and uh, and actually we'll we'll talk about him a little bit later. Yeah, well, I, I think it was because Stephen had showed up that I had to kind of act like an adult in front of him and not have a meltdown. <laughs> That's true. He is, a, he is a child. <laughs> I did watch you have a meltdown. Um, because of Everton earlier in the day. Well, so. my meltdown was more about find, it was finding out that the, the, my transfer of De Bruyne was going to backfire immediately uh-huh. uh, when I found out he was on the bench. And then I was like, I, I think I was like, I, I just, I'm just going to go for a walk around the block. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to go to cover. Uh-huh. Still, the look on your face when uh, you lost your Seamus Coleman clean sheet was, uh, was also a delight. That was just such a poor goal to concede. It was really... Ugh, yeah, it just. I mean, can we talk about that Norwich Everton game real quick about how dominant Everton was in that first half? And we've seen this now three weeks in a row from Everton, where they are exhibiting complete dominance over their opponent, and then at some point they just seem to lose interest in the game. That second half, Norwich brought the game back to Everton, and they completely shut down. Yeah, I, I mentioned this to you when you're at the bar, but I, I feel like Roberto Martinez is one of those managers, and I, I hope I haven't brought this up in an earlier podcast, but he's one of those managers who uh, he's like a, he's like a college basketball coach that recruits really well. Mm-hmm. You know, like he can bring in all the top talent, but he just can't seem to to once he has the talent, he doesn't know what to do with it or something. It, it just doesn't seem like. I mean, I know, I know they're not the deepest team to begin with, but you have to blame the management, I think, when you. They, you know, they they had they had leads in all three of the last matches. All, you know, the three last matches, and all three times they lost the match from winning positions. Uh, needed- actually, that, actually, that's not true. That's not true in the Crystal Palace game. But the Crystal Palace game, they should have won. I mean, they were they were they were dominant in that yeah. game. I mean, he brought uh, he brought Darren Gibson on for Ross Barkley when they needed a goal. Yeah, something I mean, must be yeah. going on there with Stephen Naismith. Apparently, he's being linked to other clubs in the January window. Yeah, so I mean, if he that game was crying out for Stephen Nays- Naismith, even yeah, if he doesn't come on, it's a problem. They brought on Kevin Morales, who uh, I thought was, I you know I thought that 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 seemed like a pretty good sub actually because there certainly was a time when Morales was a dangerous player. It all feels like it kind of fell apart once he took the ball from Leighton Baines on that penalty last season. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> yeah, that was really the end for him. Uh, all right, so back to Bournemouth, Man United. It's a broken record with Everton. Like that, that team is just not. They're mediocre. Yeah, yeah, they're mediocre with some uh, great fantasy assets. Yeah, exactly. Great attacking players. <laughs> Feeling a little annoyed, and now I've got Seamus Coleman at home to Leicester, and I, I guess I've got to start him because there's always the assist possibility with him. Yeah, he's he's threatening going forward. But yeah, yeah. Bournemouth. It's it's their second uh, big scalp in a row. Uh, Chelsea, then Man United. Who who do we need to get from Bournemouth? And we're, we have to only be looking at fifth midfielders at this point. Yeah, and the only two players. I mean, I, okay. So if you wanted, I mean, you know, Francis uh, would be would be an option if you're looking for for a cheap defender. Uh, you know, he's he's down to four point four million now, and their fixtures they were really rough there for a while, uh, but they've kind of weathered the storm. 
they're still not great, great, but they're away to West Brom, home to Crystal Palace. Uh, then they're away to Arsenal and Leicester, but then they're home to West Ham and Norwich. But you know, if you're bringing in a, a Bournemouth player, whether it's a, a four million defender or a four point five million midfielder, you're not going to play them every week anyway. I mean, you, you wouldn't, you know. So you're advocating for a player that you can play maybe half the time, maybe not even that much, maybe like a third of the time. Right. Yeah. So from that point of view, I think you could do a lot worse than Simon Francis, uh, who has picked up um, you know two assists and four bonus points on the season. Uh, I think that um, the you know Stanislaw is the one player you really want to look at, though. Yeah, he's involved in everything. Well, mm-hmm. him, him, or I would make a more compelling case for Joshua King, who is playing up front for them, and he's a four point six midfielder. That's true. I, I just don't think he's he's looked quite as dangerous as Stanislaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe I'm just still thinking of the first half of the season where he just it, like couldn't hit the side of a barn. That's true. Yeah, it is true. He was trying a little too hard. Yeah, I think I think for a while there it seemed like Gosling was the hot choice and, and Matt Ritchie, but I I don't think I'd want either of those two players. Uh, I think I'd really be looking heavily at uh, at Stanislaw. I mean, he's scored off of a corner kick. He's it's got to be his week. We vote for Stanislaw this week. <laughs> We're all in on Stanislaw. <laughs> now, Man United. Hopefully, if you're owning any of their defense, apparently Chris Smalling and Darmian are meant to be back in the squad this weekend, which will help shore things up. And replace those guys who we've never heard of that were playing uh, over the weekend. Yeah, like Bothlick Thistlewade or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I have David De Gea in goal, and this match was a little concerning for me because I. Oh, you must have been just. Oh, they, like, I can't imagine how frustrated you were feeling. Yeah, particularly in a week where I had zero clean sheets. Van Dyke, uh, no clean sheet. Klein, no clean sheet. Robert Huth, no pizza party. Yeah, and David De Gea. Um, the moment he, <laughs> you you'll remember this moment. The moment he got his third save to get him up to three points was uh, just a moment before they conceded that corner for the second goal, and I immediately <laughs> lost that save point. And you were almost—I mean, it was almost like your hubris was your downfall. Yeah, because <laughs> the second he got the third save, he said, "Yeah, another point." <laughs> <laughs> well, when you lose that clean sheet, you're just. You, you're pulling for anything. I was I was actually rooting for a penalty save. Like I really wanted to get uh, a Bournemouth guy taken down in the box just to yeah. see if David De Gea could rescue. No, of rescue course that, that's like the the last respite for any 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 manager who's got a goalkeeper who lost the clean sheet. Like, well, maybe he'll save a penalty. And then how often have you actually seen a penalty come and they, they just concede another goal? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and Hennessy would have picked up eight points for you too, so that was kind of. Kind I of know. Tough. I just have not been able to play Hennessy on the right week. He's just always on my bench when they get that clean sheet. Yeah. So uh, the yeah, song remains the same with United, right? Going forward, yeah. there's nothing there. There's nothing to buy. It's all defense for them. And uh, Bournemouth worth a look. I mean, they're red hot form right now. It's really a shame about Man United too, because it it does seem like there are players who. Who would be? Ten, I mean, like you know. I mean, God, Memphis is down to seven point seven point nine million now, um, and you know Herrera's injured, Schweinsteiger's injured, Wayne Rooney's injured. Um, I mean, most devastating of all, James Wilson is injured. And, yeah, James uh, Wilson is. Uh, he's transferred. He's playing in the ship right now. Uh, then he's. It's like he's injured. Brandon. <laughs> he's injured to us. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's yeah exactly. It's not going to remain the same. There's not, there's, yeah. Uh, honestly, this game was more fun from a non fantasy point of view. There's not a lot 
there's not a lot of meat on this. There was there was a, a pure watchiness to it all. Yeah, actually, but, but certainly, if you're looking for a fifth midfielder, Stanislaw and King are the two that you would want to look at, along with Deli Ali on on uh, Tottenham. All right, the, and the the third fixture we picked out was Villa zero, Arsenal two. Uh, we've touched upon a couple of the big assets already. Aaron Ramsey really following through on his bandwagon jumping from uh, last week. And then Mesut Ozil gets his, uh, what, 13th assist on the season? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. He he continues. And we still don't know if he's an elite player, which is amazing. <laughs> According to David Moyes. <laughs> but yeah, it was a weird one. He uh, Ozil's been playing so many minutes, he hasn't been substituted in quite a while. And he came off the field this game and apparently just went straight down the tunnel. Uh, no injury news of any kind. Maybe he, he- looked. He looked so mad. Uh, and maybe I don't know if he was mad because he was injured. I, I thought he was mad because he didn't want to leave the pitch. Uh, I think I don't he know was mad s- because he should have scored a goal before he left the pitch, but Oxlade-Chamberlain put his head down on a counterattack and just went straight to goal and missed uh, both Ozil and Jordan uh, wide open. The, the Ox is just like... I mean, he is just like head down the whole... Like, he wants a goal, so he is so goal-hungry, the Ox. Yeah, he's, I mean, people have been touting him and waiting for him to become a player for so long. Now there's just so much pressure riding whenever he gets on the field. Yeah. How many goals do you think he has on, on the season through 16 weeks? Uh, one. Zero. Zero. How many assists? Zero. One. (laughs) (laughs) That was some really killer binary code we just wrote right there. Uh, Yeah, he has one assist uh, through 16 weeks. Now, granted, he was injured. He's always injured, though, right? I mean, this guy, this whole team, I mean, if you look at this Arsenal, the Arsenal midfield, it's like a complete mash unit right now. I mean, there's no... It, there, there are no uh, hues. There, like, there's no, um, there's there's no, no yellow there no or orange. Named just, Hugh? What, what's that? There are no guys named Hugh. There are no hue. There are no hues at all. Uh, Grants or otherwise. <laughs> uh, no, it's just it's blue and red. There, there are no no one is seventy five percent. No one's no one's fifty percent. They are completely injured, or they're like one of the three healthy midfielders. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how much you could really rest Ozil. I mean, I think I. I mean, okay, so. So the fixtures for Arsenal, uh, the next two weeks, I would not expect Ozil to be arrested because they are um, they're home to Man City. It's a huge game for them. And then they're away to Southampton, which is going to be a tricky fixture no matter what's going on with Southampton's form. Yep. But after that, uh, which is like the, the match was like basically like two days after that, and then another match two days after that, are Bournemouth and Newcastle. Right, which presumably would be fixtures where they could perhaps get away with uh, substandard midfield. Exactly, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit next. Maybe they'll play Flamini up front. I think Theo Walcott could be a really interesting player to bring in for those fixtures. I know that he has a crazy up-and-down season so far, but Theo Walcott kills bad teams. So that would be my big rotational question going into the fixture period would be Giroud is looking like a really good asset right now, but... How much is he going to be rotated with Theo Walcott? Well, and this is the pro- and Alexis Sanchez too, as as, as uh, was asked earlier. Even if he's back this weekend, like a little ahead of time, given that he just pulled a hamstring, they're not going to. 
he's not going to play four times in eight days or whatever. You know, there's yeah. just there's just no way. He's certainly not going to play ninety minutes in any of those games. So, you know, maybe he starts two and comes off the bench twice, which isn't which isn't terrible necessarily. But you're probably safer off with Aaron Ramsey than Alexis Sanchez. I mean, if I were, if I were bringing in a midfielder right now, I'd bring in Aaron Ramsey, and I would only think about Walcott if he like if he was healthy and didn't start like away to Southampton. Yeah. Which would pretty much guarantee that he'd start at home to Bournemouth. <laughs> I think that would be a really good time to bring in Wilcott. So it's a very tricky I, I you know, I really feel like a season can be made on how you do during the during the Christmas fixtures because right. either they're either like you're you're spending time with the ones you love or you are you're mastering the fantasy Premier League table, you know? <laughs> and and it's really one or the other. It's very yeah. hard to it's very hard to talk to people who you are close to and still be in first place. Yeah. And I know what I choose, Brandon. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell. I'll never tell. <laughs> Neither did I. I didn't say, did I? I didn't. One of that. the bummers about this Arsenal team is how expensive their defense is. Though I just, I just am looking at it now, and per Murtisacker is only five point three million. Yeah, but and that's the, affordable. There have just been a lot of injuries uh, with that. With that. I mean, outside of Hector Bellerin, who I also. Would think would be an injury risk. I mean, I think he's played. Okay, so he missed. He's missed two matches on the season, but he's played almost every match. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Arsenal. The problem is that Peter Check in particular is so highly owned that uh, if Arsenal keep a clean sheet, you, it really kills you. Yeah, um, his ownership is thirty three percent. Yeah, and there are a number of people in our private league that are doubled up on Arsenal defense right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, it does well. You you feel pretty good about it after a game like the Aston Villa match where they they look totally dominant the whole time. But I believe that was the first clean sheet they'd actually kept since game week eleven. You know they've actually been getting kind of even even someone like Peter Check. I mean it's not like it's not like he's like one of those you know um, he's not on a bad team. Like if if you know either he keeps a clean sheet or he gets like two points because. Mm-hmm. There's very rarely a game where someone's getting like five shots on goal against Arsenal's defense. Right. They're getting like two, and one of the two goes in, you know, like on yeah. a, a counterattacking goal or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it looks like he's, yeah, he's picked up, I guess he's picked up three saves occasionally. But it, but in general, it's like you're getting one or two or six. Yeah. Uh, and uh, absolutely nothing to say about Aston Villa. Uh, one last uh, question. Yeah, I had nothing to say about Aston, Aston Villa either. <laughs> you're like, pass. I'm already like, let's just move on. <laughs> uh, just to get to um, the questions, I think we've, we've tackled most of them. And if we forgot any, we'll try to answer them on Twitter. Uh, but someone did, Ben Dore asked, uh, Giroud or Agallo, uh, which of the two uh, would you bring in if you're bringing one in? Well, let's see. So, so Watford's wonderful run of fixtures sort of came to a, a poetic conclusion with Sunderland. And of course, Igalo scored. And then they're they're up now against Liverpool, and then they have Chelsea, Spurs, Man City. It, it becomes a little bit of a fixture nightmare for for Watford. Now, Igalo has proven time and time again he's good for a goal, but I don't know that they've seen this much um, opposition in in such a tight period of time. So my my impulse is to go with Giroud here. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty tough. Uh, it's a, it's it's kind of a tough call. I think, and 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 cost is a consideration too because you can get Drew is nine million, Agallo is around six. If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. Um. So, which is a kind of amazing if you think about that. Agallo is still only six million. Yeah. I, and that 
I mean, the crazy thing is that there are so many strikers who are scoring week in and week out this week that not only the Gallo actually doesn't like kill you the way the way it should, right? Yeah. I mean, he has ten goals and five assists in the season. Uh, neither of us have owned him all year, and I don't really feel like that's been a. I mean, it's it's been a problem because it, I would I wish I, I just jumped on board that, that yeah. you know ship ten weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, but um, you know, you're getting nine out of. Bony most or not bony, uh, not, not not bony. You're getting nine out of um, out of Lukaku most weeks and Jamie Vardy, and so um, and, you know it hasn't been it hasn't been too too bad. Yeah, I I, I would say you're probably not gonna have it's. I would say you're probably not gonna lose too much one way or the other with Igalo versus Giroud. So it, it comes down to price, right? If price is an issue, go with Igalo. If price is not an issue. Giroud is probably not going to be too far off in my estimation in the coming yeah. weeks. I think I think that I agree with you, and I also think that Giroud is the kind of player who can play every week, and I wouldn't be surprised if he actually started every one of these Christmas fixtures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just he's got the body for it. He doesn't tend to get injured. He um, there aren't a lot of substitute strikers they could bring in. I mean, maybe one of these next four fixtures, uh, like Joel Campbell, starts up front or mm-hmm. something. He's got uh, yeah, maybe Theo Walcott, but I, I think in general you're pretty you're pretty safe with Giroux. Yeah. All right, we have another question here. Speaking of strikers, uh, this one comes from Luke Thurnberg. If committed to Kuhn and Lukaku, better long term third striker Vardy and Igalo cost part of the equation. Uh, I I, th- I guess I would go Jamie Vardy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's the hot hand. It's it's unimpeachable. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I just I mean, part of it is just the link. I mean. Yeah, uh, almost every one of the goals that Agallo has scored this season has been a slightly lucky goal, and I feel like the goals that Vardy has scored have come like they're coming organically through the attack. I, I don't want to like totally disparage Agallo as we've done like a million times in this podcast, but in general, it does seem like the goals that Vardy's scoring is part of an offense that is designed to get Vardy to score as many goals as possible. Yes, absolutely, and, and you could. The- that would be the lineup I have front up front in my squad. I've stuck with Aguero, and good news, Aguero was in training today, Tuesday, and he's now shifted to 50% on yep. the FPL site. And then I have Vardy and Lukaku, and I'm feeling really happy about that. Yeah, yes, I think you should. Uh, I'm not feeling great about having Harry Kane, but I can't imagine him getting on the chopping block this week. Yeah, it was an interesting performance from Kane. We didn't really talk about it at all uh, so far this pod, this pod but he looked... Like he, he was, he was, was playing like storming right out of the gate. Like he had a great shot that Rob Elliott had to get so super low to save. Yeah, but then and from that point forward, not much. He was playing like a defensive midfielder the second half of the game. He was yeah. like there were eight players on Tottenham in front of him. Uh, it was very strong. I mean, they're really missing Dembele. I think. Uh, I don't know when he is uh, set to come back, but I, I think when Dembele is back, that's going to help that team a lot. Yeah, Tom Carroll was an interesting presence in that midfield. He was kind of a non-entity. He, a, a lot of the chatter on Twitter was, oh, he looks like a tidy player. He's playing his position. He's not making any mistakes, but he added absolutely zero to that yeah. team going forward. Agreed. Whereas Dembele could just power the ball uh, up to the 18 if need be. So, yeah, we, Brendan, we want to just give a quick shout-out to uh, our friend Steve, who mentioned him earlier. And this is not a, this is not a paid advertisement in any way, but um, if he wants to pay us, that's, that's, that's different. But, yeah, you're uh, listening, Steven. <laughs> uh, but we just wanted to mention that um, 
he started a it's basically a draft league and it's called uh it's called rotopremierleague.com so uh a bit different than uh the style for the fantasy site you actually draft players um and so uh, everyone owns different players then you have a pool of money and uh it's very draft style leagues are very popular in america and i think that they're growing in popularity a little bit overseas too mm-hmm. uh so uh, really cool site. He gave us a demo, and we're thinking about starting a just kind of for fun, um, not not to um, it wouldn't um, supplement anything we already have. Or it, would, it would just be supplemental to what we already have, and we just do it to kind of just to try it out. Right. Uh, start a um, uh, an always cheating draft league. Yeah. Uh, we, pr- we probably need somewhere between uh, like eight and twelve uh, people. Yeah. Uh, I guess more like. Um, yeah, it'd be, I guess it'd be about 10, 10 people in addition to to me and you, Brandon. So uh, if you're interested, uh, and we're not we're not even sure. I guess we probably start this around week twenty or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're interested, uh, give us a shout, and we can give you some more information. But uh, it just seems like kind of a fun experiment. I, I've always sort of been curious what fantasy would be like from a roto perspective. Um, certainly wouldn't. Um, I'm not planning to to stop you know anything on the fantasy site, but just. No, the the FPL game is certainly our primary focus, uh, first and foremost. But yeah, if you go to RotoPremierLeague.com, Steven was also demoing us, demoing for us his point system that is slightly different than what you see on the FPL. So there's lots of new bells and whistles that yeah. and I think you wouldn't of, think of normally. I think a part of what's fun is that each league gets to pick their own point system, so they get to pick the things that they that they value. You know, and you can punish people for yellow cards in different ways, and mm-hmm. and certain things can cost more than others, and so it's just kind of a cool idea. And I'm enough of a nerd that I kind of want to throw myself into into one of these leagues and just see how it goes. So, and, and any new up. league offers you an opportunity to come up with a new fantasy team name. This could be my opportunity to try out Hellman's Manet. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's RotoPremierLeague.com, um, and uh, that takes us to the optimizer for Game right. Week 17. So buckle in, Josh. Let's get I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. Okay, so uh, start us off. Where where do we begin in Game Week 17? All right, so there is no uh, early morning fixture uh, this Saturday. and uh, They start off with... Uh, I guess it looks like it's six ten o'clock matches, and then there's one uh, evening fixture. You know what? I really don't like it when this happens because I want the uh, early kickoff just to ease me into it. Yeah, I don't like starting with a full a full docket of games happening simultaneously. It's too much, too fast. And I am actually going to be missing all the Saturday fixtures this week. No, no, why? Uh, yeah, because I am uh, I'm going on an Autobahn Christmas bird count, and I'm going to be spending my day in the Greenwood Cemetery uh, noting different birds for the annual census. Well, if you thought a fantasy Premier League podcast couldn't get any nerdier, it just did. <laughs> just did. <laughs> uh, just crossed over. Right, so uh, but what I'll games be, am I going to be watching while you're yeah, bird I'll, watching? I'll be checking my phone every eight seconds, so it'll, it'll be like I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so the uh, the first fixture is uh, well, I guess they're the first. Uh, I'll pick the first fixture, which is uh, Chelsea Sunderland. Great. So I guess the first question here is uh, to stick or twist with Hazard because yeah. Sunderland not such a good team. Planning to get rid of Hazard unless. There's lots of reasons to get rid of Hazard because I think even if he was passed fully fit, I'm not sure he would start this match. Uh, it does not seem like things are very good right now with Mourinho and Hazard. Uh, there's, there's, things aren't very good right now on that Chelsea team, and he hasn't like, he has like one goal on the on the season, yeah. which was classified as an own goal later, right? So the whole season is a complete disaster for him. 
Uh, and you just can't look at him like an 11 million midfielder anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he were a 4.5 million midfielder, maybe I would consider starting him this week. Uh, so I, you know, I, I know who knows what to expect at this point. Right. I mean, they've just lost back to back to, I mean, I know Lester, okay. So Lester's good. Uh, but they, they did lose at home to Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I could see this being like a nil-nil match. Or, or I would say I, w- I would feel good taking a punt on a Sunderland forward, and there are a number of cheap ones to pick from, like Stephen Fletcher, Jermaine Defoe, and uh, Duncan Watmore got 90 minutes uh, in, in this last game week. And he's makes, listed at $4.3 million. I could I could see goals for Sunderland. Yeah, I could I could see some goals from Sunderland too. It makes me think about what the off season is going to look like for Chelsea. I mean, maybe even January, like by next August, so the start of next season, uh, which can't come soon enough from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many players in the current starting eleven for Chelsea, um, which I know has varied a little bit, but you know, kind of the standard eleven for Chelsea. How many of those players will be on the team next fall? How many yeah. starters? I mean. Well, we'll be starting next fall for that team. It's a that's a fascinating question. I mean, I maybe well, William, William, that's one. Okay, he'll be there unless I don't know Real Madrid comes in for him. Um, let's see who else. Who C- else? Courtois? Courtois, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Matic, probably. Probably, yeah, I would think so. Uh, Aspilicueta, probably. Yeah. Kurt Zuma. <laughs> no Zuma. I think those are the four. I think... Uh, Gary Gary Cahill? What's up with Gary maybe, Cahill? Maybe, How come maybe he doesn't Cahill. play every game? Yeah, okay. okay, maybe not Cahill. Probably Cahill, too. So Cahill, Aspilicueta, but even Cahill is like a bit of a like, 50-50 one, I'd say. Yeah. Aspilicueta, Coutois... Modic and uh, William. I'd say those are the only four guys that can feel pretty good. I think I, you can see seven new starters next fall. Yeah, or, and this has nothing to do with fantasy, but I'm just it's it's fascinating to think about what's going to happen with this team. Seth Fabregas is playing like a guy uh, on quick a quick route to the MLS. Like <laughs> he, really he, he can't get to the Columbus yeah. group soon enough. Oh no, he's going to join all his buddies at NYCFC. <laughs> With more of their like rule circumvention, <laughs> <laughs> a team a team full of designated players. All how, how did how did they pick up all of those players? I, I don't understand it. How do you get how do you get Perlo and Silva and Frank uh, Mixed Discarude and Frank Lampard? And, and it, it's all corrupt. It's all corrupt. <laughs> They're trying to build something. Yeah, uh, Everton Leicester, which is definitely the. I may. I, so I may actually record this match and watch it later. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how excited I am for this match. Uh, I'm going to have five players in this match. So five of my starting 11 is going to be playing in this one. And uh, I really, like, I, I would believe any, well, okay, I, w- I would believe any scoreline that featured goals on both sides. So I'd believe 1-1, one, one, I'd believe 4-3. Uh, I, I, I think that my captain and my vice captain should both be in this game. Yeah. Hey, no Robert Huth for Leicester. So the chance of them keeping a clean sheet doesn't change at all. The record. <laughs> Uh, no, no, this, this is pure watch written all over it, even it though really we're is. all going to have a million fantasy assets involved. So it's yeah, it's, pure watch. it's the rare, it's the rare, it, it, it's, it's the double. It pulls the double. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, well, I think one thing's a dead cert is that there is not a clean sheet to be had in this fixture. I agree. And uh, I cannot imagine captaining anybody but Lukaku this week. I assume you agree with me there. I mean, home to a leaky Leicester defense, yeah, um, they're... Yep. I mean, you're not going to captain uh, Aguero away to Man City or, no. or Aguero away to Arsenal. 
No, I think the the assumption is that he comes on as a substitute, maybe. Or if he starts, he plays what fifty five minutes, sixty. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's 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 too tough to call when you've got Lukaku in such scorching form in a home fixture. Yeah, against a lesser team that that really is playing well about this year, but but does not keep a lot of clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, the, the, it seems like the worst case you're getting a goal and probably a bonus pointer. Well, why not Vardy or Mares in this game? Well, why I, why I, Lukaku? I'm planning to captain Lukaku and vice captain Mares, okay. or, or 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 Vardy. I don't know. I mean, like it doesn't really matter. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just depends on the day with those guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, really fascinating match. Really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. I. I guess I think that Leicester will probably end up winning this match, right? I don't know why I'd pick Everton. I hope it. so. After after them winning, uh, after them beating Chelsea, I am just full on. I want Leicester to go as far as they can possibly go. I'm going to be rooting for them in every single game. Yep. I, I, Even though I won't count myself a Leicester supporter ever. That brings us to uh, Man United Norwich. Um, oh God. Okay. Um, well, okay, hopefully the United defense is back in ship shape and I can get a clean sheet from De Gea here, which seems very likely. Um, I I would think so, too. Uh, I You know, even even if that... Well, I, I guess it just depends on how many of those players are back who, who are injured. Um, you know, I mean, if if, um, if Smalling is still out, I might be still worried. I mean, if, if, if Bothwick Thistlewade is still playing for them, um, you have to be a little concerned. I mean, that, that second Bournemouth goal... Was exactly the kind of goal that you score when the other team is when their when their defense is a complete shambles, right? Yeah, like no no one came out. I mean, he was totally unmarked. Yep, yep. No, it was it was a real shame. So it's it's kind of up up in the air as of this recording on Tuesday. Uh, big guys like Smalling and Darmian are still red, but listed as being available on the weekend. So it, it's hard to say at this point what the defense is going to look like. Hard to say. Uh, there's, I don't know who you'd. Ca- I mean, like it'd be fun to captain a Man United player in this game, but who would you captain? I mean, Juan Mata, like he hasn't done anything in ten weeks. Martial, I, I, if he had Martial, which um, you know, show of he, hands, who still has Martial? Did he look good in that Bournemouth game? I can't remember him doing anything. He didn't really do anything, but the problem is, is there's the ball just doesn't get forward with that United team. He has nobody yeah. to put him in a position to just be a striker. He ends right. up with the ball out out wide because they have no wide players. I know. Yeah. The, if, when Ander Herrera comes back, I think that'll help a little bit. Yep. Uh, and, God, I mean, Memphis should be doing that, but it's just not happening with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this game, I'm, I'm, this, this game is a, a total avoid. Yeah, it's really difficult to bet on. I mean... Yeah, David De Gea, I will stick with him. I'll, I'll feel marginally good about it. Yeah, I, unless Mobacani, you know, comes back. <laughs> there was a great shot we were, when we were watching the Norwich-Everton match. Um, Cameron Jerome missed a sitter. Like, right, in, he just put it over the crossbar from, like, 10 yards out. And there was a shot of Alex Neal on the bench and behind him. You could just see Mobacani just shaking his head. Like, <laughs> I would have scored that. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, another interesting match: uh, Southampton Spurs. Yeah, this is this is. Uh, I mean, if Southampton were in proper Southampton form, this would be a really fun match. But they're being they're really poor right now, and you think Spurs might be able to walk all over them? Yeah, kind of a strange year for Spurs. They they didn't start out that great, uh, and then then they solidified, and their defense looked awesome, and they looked like. You know, you know, like like they could be like a fifth place team this year or something like that. 
um, and uh, which which would be pretty solid for them, right? Like if they like got a Europa League spot, like and didn't have to go through three rounds of qualifying in the summer, like I think that would be a success for them. Uh, I I don't know. That team seems so out of sorts right now. Um, they don't seem to be able to score goals, which is a problem. Yeah, and it's yeah they really they they just they live and die with with Pele and well the the, the real problem is that the Mani and Tanich have kind of stopped scoring. Mm-hmm. This is and exactly what they did last season. Yeah, is, yeah I know. Yeah, uh, Pele went completely absent. They stopped being able to keep a clean sheet. Uh, so they're just right. like a first it's first half of the season team. Yeah, it's just happening a few weeks earlier than it was last year. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's it's really a shame because uh, I personally like watching this team a lot. Uh, yeah. There's they're really fun. I mean, like when that team is clicking, they are a really entertaining team to watch. I mean, Sadio Yamane is super entertaining. Um, even though I had to drop him because he like blew up my team, <laughs> uh, but he you know, he's a really entertaining player. And, uh, and you I- know, and when Pele is in good form, I mean, Pele like carried you carried your team through the first. What seven eight weeks of the season? He did he, one of my one of my one of my best weeks was when he was at Chelsea and had two assists and a goal. It was yeah. a great week. Yeah. I think that was yeah. actually the Aguero week, but um, but still, but still, and I fear we missed the window with Virgil Van Dyke. We've been sitting him in our defense for like yeah. more than a month now, and he's not I done know. a whole lot. Well, I think we got clean sheets the first two weeks, and then it's kind of fallen apart since then. Yeah. But Spurs are looking good in this fixture, I think, and they won't be coming off a Europa League match. Yeah, I would expect Kane. I I, I do think Kane will will I, I score or get some attacking points in this game. I don't know why I'm saying that. I guess I just hope he does. <laughs> and that's just wishful thinking. Yeah, two one Spurs. I'm calling it. Okay, uh, so that brings us to uh, Stoke Crystal Palace. Uh, gotta bank on that Stoke clean sheet, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, why not? It's, it's yeah, and we talked about it on the last podcast. And you know, Wolf, Wolfshide is an awesome, totally un- undervalued fifth midfielder. If yeah. I if I did if I don't replace Eden Hazard this weekend, then it would be very tempting to bring in Wolfshide. Yeah, and because uh, their fixtures coming up, so it's Crystal Palace at home, Man United at home, Everton away, West Brom away, Norwich at home. I would be happy to start two. Stoke defenders in four to five of those fixtures, right? I mean, the the only one that would scare me would be Everton away. I mean, Man United at home is probably a clean sheet for Stoke. Yeah, um, I mean, I, Peters as well. well. I guess these are the more expensive options: Peters and Johnson, who uh, Glenn Johnson, who are getting uh, those are the most American sounding names. <laughs> Peters and also, Johnson, <laughs> also the most euphemistic. Names. <laughs> yeah, that's Peters, true too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so, yeah, we, what do we think? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, like a one nothing Stoke win. Uh, Crystal Palace wins this game 2 nothing. Wow. Yep. I'm calling it, it. All right. You're calling it. Why, uh, why, who's going to score for Crystal Palace? Uh, Balassi and um, Zaha are going to score. Okay. And All right. Kabai is going to assist both of those goals. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. Yeah, he finally scored last week after some, I think it was three disappointing weeks in a row. Yeah, and from open play, no less. I know. I know. And, like, I mean, the thing about him is that if, if he ever hits the right run of form, I mean, the guy always gets three points if mm-hmm. he if he scores. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right, he completes, like, a billion passes. All right. So the next, the next uh, the, the final fixture in the in the early slot is uh, West Brom-Bournemouth. Mm. 
I kind of feel like all of these Bournemouth matches qualify for pure watch at this point. Yeah, they're they're just such a great team to to be watching right now. They really are. I mean, I love I love their manager. I love their collection of no name players. I love the fact they're doing it with like a ton of injuries. Uh, there, you know, there's really no one that you'd consistently want from a fantasy point of view. Uh, and beating West Brom, who is the epitome of all that is, yeah, anti football. Anti football. I, I there are some West Brom players I like, and I, I mean I don't even dislike Tony Pulis, but they have just a, a lot of West Brom games have been super boring this year. Did you hear the story about uh, Harry Arthur uh, 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 and him playing in the United game last weekend? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was really that was really sad. I had no idea about that, and I remember watching that game, and he was like losing his shit, and he got a yellow card for uh, yelling and screaming at the referee, and yeah. he, he was being fully embraced by um, Eddie Howe at the end of the game, and I was just thought, what's what's up with this guy? And then yeah. I hear the story about his uh, baby, which is just like terrible, and then it sort of all clicked. Yeah, I, I I agree. I guess it was just because we were at the bar, and so they they probably were talking around the on the on the broadcast. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll be we'll be pulling for Bournemouth here to put Tony Pulis to bed. Yeah, send, and him, I, I send think, him to bed. Yeah, I'm, realistically, I think this is a one-one game. Yeah, in all in all likelihood, Bournemouth all the romance uh, fixtures are out of the way now. Bournemouth can get back to real Premier League fixtures. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Newcastle Aston Villa is the late game on Saturday. Yeah, wow. I, I will have hopefully uh, seen at least five different species of woodpecker by the time this match starts. <laughs> uh, this one is a good excuse to tune out and go spend some quality time with the wife. <laughs> yep, basically. Oh man, I have. I mean, there are things that I find appealing about Newcastle after their nice run of form the last couple of weeks. I mean, your boy Iosi Perez is really turning it on. Uh, <laughs> uh huh. It, it was it was it was a spirited comeback against Spurs, certainly. Yeah, I mean, Steve, it was Steve. it was really it was all about uh, Mitrovic. I mean, he was fantastic. Yeah, there is a, seems to be a great spirit there, um, despite popular belief. And when you have those guys like Mitrovic get on the field, it, Papa Cisse is how does how is he starting in that team? What does he contribute that Mitrovic doesn't contribute? I don't know. You know, I wish Mitrovic were a midfielder, not a forward, uh, because he would be an interesting player to to bring in. Uh, I don't know. No, but obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to talk crazy here. It seems strange to coach people to bring in Newcastle players just for this fixture, but I suspect there are a lot of you out there that still have Gigi Wijnaldum in your squad. Sure. And uh, I mean, worth at least a vice captaincy, perhaps against Villa. I agree. And, and Mitrovic is, is one to watch. I mean, he was one that you were touting early on in the season. Yeah. Uh, and then, it, was he, I, I guess he didn't play the last two weeks. Was he just injured? Is that what it was? I am not sure if he just didn't fit into the uh, into the tactics or what. I don't remember yeah. hearing that he was injured. He does have three goals and three goals and one assist. And he's actually, you know, he's missed four matches. And he's played less than 20 minutes in three other matches. So his... His return rate in the like you know his goals per minute is actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so if he ever earns a run out at six point two million, he's certainly got the talent to be a. Well, if he's going to get the run player. out, it would be against Villa. I mean, he contributed to that great comeback over the weekend. Yeah. Um, which is going to win the heart of his manager. He put in the effort, and Villa yeah. is not a real opponent. I'm going to make him my my sub 
my sub eight million goal scorer of the week. All right, all right. I'm going to go with a Gallo. Okay, <laughs> you can't you can't pick a Gallo every week. <laughs> uh, so I would say three uh, one Newcastle in this game. I'll 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 go one further and I'll say three uh, nil. Okay. Or I guess I'll go one less. Okay. Uh, okay, so that brings us to to Sunday, and I will be able to watch these matches. And I may have Coutinho to root for in the first match because it is Watford-Liverpool. I love it. I feel like Coutinho is going to be a nice, brave new world for you. It's like a good um, uh, back-to-normalcy transfer. Yeah, the problem, of course, is that Coutinho is... I, I owned him for like 10 weeks last year, and he's your classic like 16-point, 2-point... You know, five point, sixteen point, one point kind yeah, of guy. And, like and, he's and all he, over the place. He goes out for any number of reasons. He had a red car, <laughs> exactly. a hamstring. But if you can get him during one of his runs, it's fantastic. Yeah. Like he's like one of those players. Like you, like he's always like he's worth like a double captaincy. You know, because you could get like thirty-five points. You know, doubled. Yeah. Um, oh, what are we? How much? How excited are you about playing your triple captain at, at some point? I'm really. <laughs> I cannot wait for that to happen. It'll be like Christmas morning, I think. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And either I got what I asked for, or I got underwear. So we'll see. We'll so see. after uh, another Liverpool's, good thing about Coutinho is that he's always shooting. So right, if, exactly. If always you, shooting. If you if you own him, there's always excitement. So after their spirited uh, draw that they pretended was a win uh, against West Brom, they go to Watford. I, I think they really they really do need a win. I mean, if they're really going to push on for a Champions League spot, yep. Which th- this was really the week to do it too. I mean, with uh, with Man U and Man City, or with Man U and um, and uh, Spurs both losing. Yeah, Liverpool did really kind of blow it against West Brom there. Yeah, it was a weird game. It was very chippy and. Um, I mean, really, they were lucky to get a point out of it. So uh, you can see why they were not utterly displeased with the result. I mean, he's not working with with a full bag, so yeah. to speak. So um, I don't know why I said working with what – what is the expression? Working with a, a full set of clubs or something like that? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, I think, Liverpool, I, I think Liverpool is going to win this match. I think they're going to win 3-2. Uh, to two. I think it's going to be a high-scoring match. And I think that Agallo and Tradini are going to score, and Coutinho is going to have a goal and an assist. Oh, How's yeah. that for a very specific prediction? There'll be very Watford goals, too, because they will involve Mignolet howlers, and <laughs> both Dini and Agallo will have tap the, the, wor- the worst hands in the box. <laughs> They're either made of stone or uh, sticks of butter. One of yeah, the two, I'm not sure. It's terrible. Yeah, he gives uh, Guzan a run for his money. <laughs> Uh, other match in the day is Swansea West Ham, and this this might be another match, Brandon, where you go and you you, you do you go to a Christmas party, you you hang out with your your wife's friends, you um you go caroling. Do you do you enjoy caroling, Brandon? No, I really dislike it. I don't like singing. Well, you can go you can go boo some carolers, perhaps. <laughs> go heckle, <laughs> or go do some last minute Christmas shopping. I like bell choirs, though. Could I just go uh, ring some bells? Yeah, you can. Yes. Okay, thank you. So I think if they bring in Bielsa, there might be a little charge in the Swansea team. I think Swansea will either either this game is like zero zero. It's like zero zero or one zero with something like that. I, I think um, I, I don't think it'll be very high scoring. Uh, I think West Ham is basically in the like siege mentality, like where we really can't score any goals right now with all of our midfield mid, midfielders injured. So let's just yeah, scratch they're just, out. Points. They're just holding the line right now. Yeah, exactly. It's such a shame for them. It really is just, you know, if, I mean, if, if, if Payet and Lanzini were both healthy, 
they really, I, I think they would have probably what, like like four more points than they have right now, and they would be right there in the Champions League spots. Absolutely. You know, like, I mean, they yeah. they had Leicester caliber wins early this season, and the, they, they had that kind of shine on them. I know. But yeah, so, yeah I agree. Swansea is going to be interesting to watch. Um, after that Tim Gomes goal went in against Man City over the weekend, you could see this outpouring of emotion and pent yeah. up pent up energy that needed to be released and it was a great goal for Gomez to score because he needed it totally and then totally unlucky to to end up losing that game on a complete fluke goal you know Yaya Torre it would have been an own goal if, uh-huh. if I mean Iniacho had no part in that goal I mean he was basically getting out of the way and yep. it deflects off him yeah uh, and then of course he picks up the three bonus points yeah. so I'm with you I could see Swansea uh making a real statement here uh but uh uh, and maybe even a clean sheet. Actually, yep. actually Williams is due. Yeah, but I, I, I still think I'll end up watching this match because I'm an addict, and, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> All right, so that finally brings us to Arsenal-Man City. Huge match. Uh, tough one Would to you say this to. one's for all the marbles, Brandon, or just some of the marbles? Uh, it's for many marbles, it's I will just say marbles. that. Many. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one to call. As always, the question is, is the is one Arsenal team going to show up versus another Arsenal team? Like right. the one that has a backbone versus the one that has no backbone? It's a tough match for them given how injured they are. It's, it's remarkable they that their league form has stayed pretty solid despite – you know, despite really being, I mean, they 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 were lucky the last two weeks because they've been able to weather the storm by playing two of the worst teams in the league. Um, but I think uh, I I actually think they might lose this one. I I, I think Man City is going to win. Um, not that Man City looked particularly inspiring the last couple of weeks, but just sometimes Arsenal tightens up in these matches. Um, and I, I think like two one Man City is my prediction. What about company? I mean, he's set to be. He, he, the game says he's going to be back on the 21st. So I don't know he, if I trust those game things. I, I don't think he'll be back. It seems like yeah. Pellegrini is pretty uh, conservative about bringing players back, kind of the opposite of Wenger. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think he'll play. So, so the, I, I do the, think Arsenal will score. I, I'm yeah. sure Ozil will pick up one of his trademark assists, <laughs> but uh, I do think Man City will win in the end. The question, the reason I ask about company is because. Um, both of these defenses will probably then be picked apart. Man yeah. City uh, leaks without company, and Arsenal without Coquelin is very exposed. And with all that attacking prowess in City, they will get goals. So it's just going to be a matter of who can score the most here. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, so uh, looking forward to that one, though, and um, looking forward to my bird walk. <laughs> Absolutely. Why don't you should post a few post a few bird pigs to the always cheating Twitter feed if you get a chance. Like if yeah, you maybe, see a, a sky blue bird, uh, sure. Those, yeah, no. Uh, it's, oh yeah, maybe that's there. if I see a liver bird or uh-huh. is that a real yeah, thing? A liver bird? Uh, no, it's well, it's, it's the Liverpool mascot, but it's it's not a real bird. Uh, all right. So um, awesome. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for listening, guys. As always, good luck in game week seventeen. Remember to subscribe to Always Cheating on iTunes. We're available on SoundCloud. Yeah, where can they and fi- where can they find us online? Uh, yep, they can find us on Twitter or on Facebook or on our uh, on Twitter. We're at at Hail Cheaters. Facebook it's uh, facebook.com slash Always Cheating, and then uh, alwayscheating.com is our website. Great, you can go there to join our mini league. Still, so. The last thing we need to say is hail cheaters. Yep, and praise Poku. Praise Poku. All right, good luck, Josh. Bye. Bye, Brennan.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.